to go and they've been out in Montana and fixing to go back out there. He wanted them to do a couple of missionary trips before they go overseas or down south and that's a good thing. Uh, America, <clears throat> believe it or not, is not all as good as right here in North Carolina. And definitely not in South America and surely not in Jamaica either. Different world, different culture, different thought patterns. And he and I was talking about uh, the eagerness that he had found even in Jamaica. And I'll just be honest with you, church, the churches in, in Jamaica that I've been to, in all the thousands and thousands, and when I say thousands, <clears throat> when we'd take a team of 30 in there, we would take as many as 25,000 gospel tracts. We handed out 25,000 gospel tracts in one week. That's how many people we were meeting in the street. And I've had one person in all the thousands that I've handed out throwed it down. One person. And he was an atheist. He said he didn't want nothing to do with my blue-eyed white religion. And I said, son, let me tell you something. My Savior wasn't blue-eyed and he wasn't white. Amen. He is a Jew. So more than likely he was brown-eyed. So his theory won't hold up. But what Luke and I was talking about was the eagerness that you find in these foreign countries for the Word of God. He is wanting to go to the Philippines and preach. And I gave him... Brother Jeff Burleson's number, I said, call Brother Jeff. I said, he can help you. I said, his wife's from the Philippines, and he can help you get over there and, and where to go and where to preach and so forth. And it's good that you know where you're going and who you're going with. Amen. You don't want to just go out. Believe me, you don't want to go out in these countries blind. Amen. You want to know that you're going with folks that will stand with you because sometimes it gets pretty hairy. Oh, yeah, we've had them chased with machetes uh, on our crew. Uh, we've had them shot and killed right next to us. Uh, I've had, uh, was just on the side of the road over there in Jamaica, and five was shot within 100 feet of where I was. Uh, the bullets ringing out. So you're in a dangerous place. You say, well, not in America. Friend, let me tell you, you go to some big cities in America. You're in a dangerous place. Go down here and go through Charlotte. See if you feel at home. Go down through Queens there in Charlotte. and See if you feel at ease. But he and I was talking about the eagerness and the hunger that they have in these countries for the Word of God. America's not so. Seems like we've had so much of the Word of God, so many opportunities that we've lost, and this is the only way I know how to put it, our hunger for the Word of God. Our churches are dead and drying up because it's become a form and a fashion. No power. And let me say this to everybody that's here tonight. It don't just come from the preacher. Amen. Amen. That preacher can be full of vim and vigor and you can drain him like a Duracell battery. Yeah. Why? Because you'll stub up on God. But I thought about it many a time as I preached at Beulah Baptist Church down there and we'd leave the house. We're supposed to be there at 7 o'clock. Sometimes the pastor would get there at 7 o'clock at the house to pick me up. And he'd eat his supper there, and here I am busting at the seams to go. I'm an American. You know, we've got it so patent down in America that we have to do it right on time, right on time. That old preacher Clark, he would eat his supper there. He'd get the newspaper and sit down in a chair, and that drove me insane. I thought, we're already late, preacher. We're already late. People's at church waiting on us. Now, I'm not telling you no story. Sometimes he'd go to sleep. I'm serious as a heart attack. And I'm going, ah, 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 ah. Pre 
preacher, preacher. And he's still sitting in that chair with a newspaper in his lap. When he had come together and wake up, he'd say, all right, let's go. And we'd go, and he might stop at somebody's house. I'm serious. We're going up this mountain on a dirt road in the middle of nowhere about like 105, and he stops at this house, and he said, this sister died. Let's go up and visit a while. Well, I went up there with him, and I'm sitting there, and I've chewed all my fingernails off, and I, I'm thinking, there ain't nobody going to be there. It's done 8.30, preacher. Ain't nobody going to be there. You was in America, son, they done left. And we sat and we drank some coffee or tea or fruit juice, whatever they happen to have. And we visited a while. And of course, being an American, I'm looking at my watch. Here it is, 9 o'clock. We ain't to the church yet. We get to the church. No cars in the parking lot. Everybody's had to walk. And I hear them two little metal plates. That's the only musical instrument they had in the whole church. Two metal plates for rhythm. And they're singing. And I thought, well, they're singing the final song. They're fixing to go home. It's 9.30, almost 10 o'clock. So the preacher gets in and he gets up in the pulpit and goes through his monologue, prologue, and all them logs. Old English, I mean, they read out of the Old Testament, they read out of the New Testament, they got this and it prays and that and it prays and this and gives announcements and I'm going, what is the matter with this crowd? Don't they know that they're going to leave here in a few minutes, there ain't going to be nobody here? And they're still singing and praising the Lord. At about 10.45, he turns me loose to preach. And I step behind the pulpit, and this is American thinking. I'm thinking, you might as well just give an invitation. Shut your mouth. Ain't nobody going to stay here. But I said, God, what do you want me to do? God gave me the scripture, gave me the thought, and he turned me loose. About 11.30, 11.45, maybe 12 o'clock, I don't remember exactly, I gave an invitation. Nobody had left that church. Not a soul had left that church. We're there at 12 o'clock at night, folks, and they walked there, some of them six and seven miles. There ain't no street lights going back to their homes. It's a dirt road, and they're going to have to walk. So they had to have a hunger and a thirst for the righteousness. And I thought, my God, we need that in America. How many of you would get mad if your pastor done that right here in this church? How many would be here at midnight tonight? How many would be saying amen instead? Kill him! Stone him! Vote him out! Am I telling the truth? And Brother Luke and I was talking about the hunger that they have in these countries. Let me tell you one reason they have a hunger. They don't have churches like this. They don't have many padded pews. Hello? They don't have no AC. They don't have no heat. A lot of them barely got a door that'll open. Roofs are falling in. Cheesefield Baptist Church that we built when we got there and first met Cheesefield Baptist Church, Cheesefield Baptist Church was a slab of concrete and the hurricane had took the rest of it and gone with it. They had blocks set up with bamboo on them and they were sitting on that and praying God send a man to preach out in the hot sun. How many would do that here in America? How many would want that here in America? Hey, you're blessed and you don't even realize you're blessed. I mean, if it's too cold in here, you can wrap up in a blanket. Right? Or you can move over. Or you can get up and run and shout. You can go back here to the water fountain and water work. You can go back here to the bathrooms and they got bathroom. 99.9% of them ain't even got a bathroom. 
Just go out in the woods. I'm serious, folks. We're blessed. We don't have the hunger. We're not thirsty for righteousness like we should be. I thought about as Brother Luke and I was talking today about that and how America needs some things. And maybe the only way we'd ever get a need is if God took some things from us. You, you, you think I'm off track tonight, but I'm not. I'm on track tonight in Psalms 31. It, it, you turn there, I'll get to reading some of it in a minute. But in Psalms 31 tonight, you think about if God took away your air conditioner right here in this building, if God took the electric, we didn't have any water, would you come to church? Oh, the first thought in your mind was, oh, it's going to be too hot. I ain't going, I ain't even got a window to open. Am I telling the truth? How many would think that and not come to church because the AC wasn't working? And they're the very ones that last week when it worked was fussing because it's too cold. Right? But as sure as that AC broke, they're going to fuss because it's too hot. I thought about that little church there on top of that mountain. All they had was one ceiling fan. It was over the pulpit and two or three little lights through there. Dim as it could be. Had the windows open in that little church and that was it. That, I'm serious. That was it. There was no water fountain. There was no bathroom. No, no, there was one street light out in the yard at the church and that's the only street light I saw going up that whole mountain. The car that I was taking there in was the only car in the parking lot. Are you listening? We're blessed. We're blessed beyond measure and we don't have a hunger that we should have for the things of God. We should be the most eager people in the world because we have comfort at church. We have facilities at church. I mean, really, if the preacher preaches four hours, go out there in the fellowship hall and get you a cracker. Hello. I've had people say, honey, just can't stay that long. I'm getting hungry. Go get you a cracker. There's things out there to eat. Get a deal pickle. You already siring up anyhow. Yeah, man, preacher. Now, if you want a little fire, there's probably some hot peppers out there. Some of you need fire done. We need some good Holy Ghost, heaven sent, sin killing, fire back in the house of God. We need it so real that as I was a little boy, you'd pick your feet up. I mean, it'd get hot in there. Old preacher preaching his heart out. Yeah, walk to church. Going to have to walk home. Preacher Lamb walked from Red Hill, Burnsville, into Flag Pond, Tennessee. Yeah, preach revival and walk all the way back home. Preacher, what time you get home? Somewhere around 2 or 2.30. Yeah, you got that kind of hunger? My daddy said that Preacher Lamb would do that all week long, maybe two weeks, sometimes three weeks revival. I said, Daddy, what do you remember they give him? He said sometimes that they'd give him a quarter beans or two and maybe a quarter. That's a hunger, isn't it? That's a hunger that is not explained in America today because Americans are taught don't do nothing without a pay. Don't do nothing that don't benefit you. Don't do nothing to put yourself out of the way. We're the entitled group. We're entitled to everything that our little minds can think up. Even though we never worked for none of it. We're entitled to it. Now I've started Psalms 31, if you will, in verse number 1. As you stand to your feet. In thee, O Lord, do I put my trust. What does it say next? Let me never be ashamed. Uh, uh, Let me stop right there. Do you know that, listen to me carefully. 
I know churches right now that's a shame. Listen to me. If they hold past 12 o'clock, they're ashamed to tell that their pastor held them past 12 o'clock. I'd be ashamed if my pastor didn't hold me past 12 o'clock. Because I'd know all he had on his mind the whole time he was preaching was his belly. Want to get first in the steakhouse line. How can you put a limit on God? Stay with me. Let me never be ashamed. Deliver me in thy righteousness. Bow down thy ear to me. Deliver me speedily. Be thou my strong rock. For a house of defense. To what? Save me. For thou art my rock and my fortress. Therefore, for thy name's sake, are you with me? Hold on a minute. He didn't say free will Baptist. He didn't say Baptist or Methodist. He didn't call your preacher's name. Hello. He didn't call the deacons or the choir's name. He said for your name's sake. Too many folks going to church because they're Baptists. And guide me. Pull me out of the net that they have laid privately for me. For thou art my strength. Into thy hand I commit my... Uh-oh, uh-oh, uh-oh. Preacher, you done said a word I don't like. Commit. I want you to be honest tonight. Don't stick your hand up if you're not willing. Are you willing to commit it all? A-L-L unto the Lord. Raise your right hand. Now if you raise your hand, God saw that. And he's going to expect you to commit it all. Wait just a minute. Well, I'll commit it all as long as it don't mess with my fishing. I'll commit it all as long as I, 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 I ain't required or asked or expected to do anything. Woo, preach it, preacher. I'm going to, brother. I may hire lip the whole crowd. Woo! <laughs> and guide me. Pull me out of the net that they have laid privately for me. For thou art my strength. Into thy hand I commit my spirit. Thou hast redeemed me. Wait a minute. You mean he saved you? Oh, Lord God of truth. I have hated them that regarded lying vanities. But I trust in thee, Lord. Do you really trust the Lord? I will be glad and rejoice in thy mercy, for thou hast considered my trouble. Thou hast known my soul in adversity, and hast not shut me up into the hand of the enemy. Thou hast set my feet in a large room. Have mercy upon me, O Lord, for I am in trouble. Christian, Christian, look at me. We're in trouble as Christians. Hello? We used to be the majority. We're the minority. I'm talking about true born again, Holy Ghost filled Christians. Amen. Listen, if you stand for the book and the book's in you and you voice what's in this book, they are not going to like you in 2022. Woo, I'm in trouble. My eye is consumed with grief. Yea, my soul and my belly. For my life is spent with grief and my years with sighing. My strength faileth because of my iniquity and my bones are consumed. I was a reproach among all my enemies. Let me, let me help you today. Everybody's not going to like you. You stand on this truth, they're not all going to like you. Now, if you want to be tossed to and fro with every wind and doctrine, you can probably fit into every crowd you ever get into. But if you stand upon the old King James Bible, they're going to be a multitude don't like you. I mean, they got so many perversions out now, amen, that most of the world does not know the truth. Somebody said on Facebook last week, Ah, oh, the God that I serve don't do things like that. I beg to differ with you. He sends people to hell because of their unbelief. Amen. He don't send them to hell because 
or a drunk or a whoremonger. He sends them to hell because they never accepted Jesus as a Savior. And if they'd ever accepted it, they wouldn't be a drunk. Hello. See, that's not popular preaching. I'm not Joel Osteen. <laughs> Notice what he said, Nick, but especially among my neighbors. Hmm. And a fear to my acquaintance. <laughs> they that did see me without fled from me. Have you ever had anybody just run off because of your stand? Boy, I have. You get talking the truth to them about Jesus and the blood and where God stands on homosexuality and drunks and all of this perversion that's going around. Hey, they're going to flee from you. You know why? Listen, listen. They're afraid they're going to get locked up with you. Hello. I am forgotten as a dead man out of mind. I am like a broken vessel. For I have heard the slander of many. Fear was on every side. While they took counsel together against me, they devised to take away my life. But I trusted in thee, O Lord. I said, Thou art my God. My times are in thy hand. Deliver me from the hand of my enemies and from them that persecute me. Make thy face to shine upon thy servant. Save me for thy mercy's sake. Let me not be ashamed, O Lord, for I have called upon thee. Let the wicked be ashamed. Let them be silent in the grave. Let the lying lips be put, notice this, to silence, which speak grievous things proudly, contemptuously against the righteous. Oh, how great is thy goodness, which thou hast laid up for them that fear thee, which thou hast wrought for them that trust in thee before the sons of men. Thou shalt hide them in the secret of thy presence from the pride of man. Thou shalt keep them secretly in a pavilion from the strife of tongues. Blessed be the Lord, for he hath showed me his marvelous kindness in a strong city. For I said in my haste, I'm cut off from before thine eyes. Nevertheless, thou heardest the voice of my supplication when I cried unto thee. Oh, love the Lord, all ye his saints. For the Lord preserved thy faithful, the faithful and plentiful rewardeth the proud doer. Notice this. Be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart, all ye that hope in the Lord. Brother Herod, that's the blessing. Yes, amen. You may be seated. Let me take just a few minutes. I'm not going to get all this preached tonight, uh, and I know that. So you just hang on for a little while and I'll unhook somewhere and maybe the Lord will let me finish it Wednesday. If not, we'll get it at a later day whenever God allows it. In verse number one, in thee, O Lord, do I put my trust. Let me never be ashamed. In thee, America needs to get back to being in God. Amen. Let me just start with the churches. Let's get the churches back to being in God. If they're truly in God, listen, they won't have to be ashamed. But I tell you, there's some churches that ought to be ashamed of themselves. I'm talking about well-known big churches throughout America that's gone so far to the left, they don't even know they're gone there. They believe in a lie and they're going to be damned. The word of God is true about that. A sinner shall not enter the gates. Amen. He is plain about that. But see, America don't have the desire, listen, to have the Holy Ghost, heaven sent, sin killing, truth preached to them anymore. They want a tickling ear preacher. They want somebody that just rub their little back, pet them a little bit, pamper them a little bit, take a few dollars and send them on their way. This feel-good stuff, 
won't get you to heaven. Because let me tell you, friend, when somebody's reading your mail that knows you better than you know you, and the Holy Ghost is explaining it to you through the preaching, sometimes it ain't real pleasant. Sometimes it ain't real easy. Amen. Where's our hunger? Where's our thirst for the truth to be preached in the house of God? Hold on just a minute. We want the truth preached as long as it ain't preached about me. If that preacher goes to preaching on my pet pee and my sin, I'll go to another church. Oh, yeah. i never forget, not too far from our little church right here, a young man came. At, this church needed a pastor. They'd had a dozen that didn't stay there no time at all. One of them that I know personally, I pulled him out of the ditch right down here in the 93 blizzard, him cussing like a drunk sailor, the pastor of the church. I'm telling you the gospel truth now. And they got a good young man over there who's preaching hard. He is preaching her straight. <laughs> he got up one Sunday morning and preached on what a deacon should be. A deacon that hadn't been to that church in nine years come, got the other deacons and voted him out. God is my witness, that's true. Not more than a mile from right here. Now think about this. If a man that ain't been to church in nine years, what has he got any business of having any authority in the church to start with? Hello? Somebody's missing the boat. And by the way, the deacons don't run the church. Amen. I believe in pastoral authority. He's preaching the word. He's preaching the truth. You better leave him alone. They might be a she-bear come out of the woods and eat you up. Hello? Think about that. And I thought, the only man that that church began to grow under, the only man that I know of since I've been in this neighborhood that was preaching her gun barrel straight and a man that ain't darkened the door and he ain't been back since, had him voted out. How is that possible? Let me tell you how it's possible. The rest of the crowd didn't care. The rest of the crowd didn't care. Listen, if they wasn't a half a dozen there, they had the majority of the vote. Listen to what I'm telling you. He shouldn't have had no voice to start with, but his voice carried the weight in that church. Now think about this. Who's carrying you? Whose voice are you for? I mean, if I turn the heat up, preach on your pet pee, <laughs> Are you going to huff up and get a bunch of them together and vote me out? Let me tell you something. You might vote me out. Bless God, you can't carry me out. <laughs> Every one of you have back trouble trying to carry me out of here. Amen. Listen, why are we allowing our churches to get so cold and different? Listen, I know of churches. <laughs> I know you know of churches. I know hard knows of churches. That if they got the shouting preacher in there, they'd run them off. They got a preacher come out from behind the pulpit. His tie wasn't straight. His pocket hanging out. They'd run him off. They're more interested in being dignified than glorified. Hello? And that's the way we begin to like it. Because we can go to church. We can sit in church. We don't have any Holy Ghost conviction. And we can leave in our sin just like we came in. He said, I'm not ashamed. Why? Because in thee. I want to tell you something. Everybody that's behind the pulpit is not in the Lord. Everybody that's on the deacon board is not in the Lord. Every name that's on the roll of every church in this country is not in the Lord. I mean, as close as you can scrutinize them, you're still going to have some come in that don't know God truly, truly in the forgiveness of sin. How can you say that, preacher? Listen, I've been preaching long enough to know that everybody that comes through that door back there ain't ready to go to heaven even though their name's on the roll. How do you know that? Because I've had them living like hell that was members of this church. Amen. Amen. I, I'll never forget we, we was doing, uh, setting up our birthdays. I'll never forget it as long as I live. A couple 
that I know well for many, many years. I said, when would y'all get married? Members of my church. Knew them for 30, 35 years. Oh, we're not married. You got four children. You're a member of this church and you're not married? Come to find out one of them wasn't even divorced from his first wife. Yeah. So don't tell me that everybody comes to church is ready to go to heaven. Oh, he shouted it out every week too. Yeah. You think the devil can't shout? The devil be the biggest shouter in the church. He'll also be the biggest powder in the church. Preacher, I wouldn't stand up there and tell things like that. Listen, I'm not going to stand up here and tell you a lie. People that come to church ain't all right with God. Preachers that stand behind the pulpit ain't all right with God because they're not in Christ Jesus. A lot of them's out there for a paycheck or notoriety or something like that. They're not in it for the gospel to be preached. They're not in it for souls to be saved. They're just up here with their gums a flapping and they never known God. Because if they had ever truly known God, Holy Ghost conviction would have got them. Because he said he had chastened his children. He said in verse 2, Bow down thy ear to me, deliver me speedily. Be thou my strong rock or house of defense to save me. Listen, if you want to be saved tonight, God is able to save you no matter what mess you've been in in your life but let me assure you friend if God saves you you no longer go back to the hog trough hello you come out of that pig pen amen you turn from sin oh you're going to sin and come short of the glory of God I'm not going to put you up on a pedestal and say hey you got angel wings automatically no way friend you are going to sin and come short of the glory of God from the pulpit to the back door. Amen. We all sin and come short of the glory of God. But a Christian knows when he sins because something eats inside of him. In thee. So if he's in thee, guess what? He'll correct thee. He'll convict thee. Oh yeah, friend. Don't think you can sin if you're one of God's children and get by with it. No, no, no. My mom and daddy, I got by the lot with them that they never did find out about. But my heavenly father knows the very intent of my heart. Amen. He knows every move I've made. He knows every place I've been. He knows every idle word I've said. So I can hide nothing from him. You're the only one you're fooling Jew. Oh, it's getting quiet. Have I lost you? (laughs) For thou art my rock and my fortress, therefore for thy name's sake lead me and guide me. Pull me out of the net that they have laid privately for me, for thou art my strength. Let me help somebody tonight. Lord God, I wish I had three weeks to preach this. Do you know that everyone in the house of God does not truly love you? I'll never forget a preacher friend of mine took a church and the church was growing, doing good, but it was going a little different than some of them wanted. It wasn't going contemporary or none of that. What it was going was that the church was following the preacher instead of the deacons. And the deacons didn't like it because they didn't have the power. So they invited the preacher to come over, one of them did, to his house and they had a meeting. And they set the preacher on the couch, him and his wife, and they had a recorder under the couch trying to trick him into something that they could use against him. But unbeknown to them was, he was grounded in the word, and they couldn't trick him. And when he got up, his foot accidentally hit 
the old cassette recorder. And he thought he had broke something and he bent down and pulled it out and there it is recording. And he popped the tapes out. He said, I'm going to take these to church Sunday and if you don't resign, I'll have you resigned. Because I'm going to play this tape. I'm not ashamed of nothing I said that you have already taped. But I'm ashamed of you for taping it. And he done that. He took her to church that Sunday. He stood up in the pulpit and he tapped that cassette tape on the pulpit. The two that was responsible got up, resigned, and walked out of the church. Some of them said, what happened to them? And the preacher said this, they just got caught in their own trap. You think people won't lay a trap or a snare? They'll say it this way, won't they? And they'll say whatever they want to about trying to get you to agree with their idea, their way. And they'll say, ain't that right, brother? Ain't that right? Yeah, that's the way they'll put it. They'll come off some off the wall, just enough off the wall that it ain't biblical. And they'll say, ain't that right, brother? Don't you agree? And I say, no, the Bible says this. They don't talk to me no more. When you give them Bible, they won't talk back to you no more because you don't agree with their ideologies. They're trying to entrap you. And they'll go around. I'm sure they'll go to the next person and say, well, the preacher said this was okay. I don't think it is. Do you? <laughs> They've worked both sides of the fence. You think they didn't try to entrap Jesus? You better read the Word of God. They even said, didn't the Bible say, didn't the book say, didn't the word say? What did Satan use in the garden? Hello. They'll lay traps for you. And they'll try to ensnare you. And entangle you. So you better just stay with the book and tell the truth to start with. And that way you ain't got to back up and remember because it's in the book. And the book will stand on its own. You ain't got to take up for it. It'll stand on its own. The Word of God said this. The Word of God said that. And that settles it. Amen. Whether you ever believe it, whether you never believe it, it is settled forever in heaven, the Word of God. And He's trying to get us to realize we need to be in Him. Listen, if you're a member of this church... You ought to be roaring in the same direction I am. Not sowing discord. Amen. You think people don't sow discord? (laughs) I think he ought to sung one more song, don't you? I think he sung too many songs, don't you? (laughs) I think he takes up too many offerings. Why can't he be done in a decent time? Same crowd turn around and say, well, we need some money for this. You ought to take up an offering. Why didn't he finish that message? Same crowd. A good friend of mine and Vernon Powell was sitting in Bob's restaurant in Glen Alpine eating dinner. Member of my church. And he said, you know, said if Dennis was really a man of God, He shouldn't have to work. God would provide for him and he wouldn't have to work. They eat a little bit. The same voice, the same man, same Vernon Powell. He looked at Vernon and said, I ain't got much use for a preacher. It won't work. Vernon said, wait a minute. You just said if he was a man of God, he shouldn't have to work. And now you're saying you ain't got no confidence in a preacher that works. Are you seeing the subject tonight? Sometimes we talk out of both sides of our mouth. And Vernon called his hand on it. And it embarrassed him because he called his hand right there publicly where he had pronounced it. 
You know, the trouble with us is that when a preacher really preaches hard and it gets down to our heart and our living and our way of life, and sometimes it hurts us and it rubs us wrong. And instead of going to the altar and repenting, we'll leave. We'll talk about him. We'll go join another church and kill that church too. We'll go drag them down the same way we tried to drag the other one down. Brother Walker Tony, a man I loved dearly. Richter Temple, pastor, years back. We were doing a funeral right over here on the hill. Brother Walker said, Dennis said, have you ever had this to happen to you? And I said, what are you talking about, brother? We were standing there waiting for him to get the body out of the hearse and bring it to the graveside. And he said, I had a couple that wanted to join my church Sunday, and I asked him a question. He said, I asked him, why did you leave your other church? I just didn't like what they were doing. He said, was it unbiblical? No. I just didn't like it. He said, was it ungodly? No. He said, you mean it lined up with the Word of God? You just didn't like it. Yeah, I just didn't like the way they was doing it. And Walker said this to him. Will you go back and apologize and make it right with that church and then I'll let you join my church. And I thought that was good advice. Sometimes we get so eager for our congregation to grow, we invite the devil to come in and sit down. Just so we'll have a number on the board. And we can stand up and boast in ourselves. The numbers are growing. What Walker was saying to that couple, I love you. I understand you may not like it, but if he wasn't out of the word of God, you're wrong. You need to go back. Let me tell you something. If your marriage ain't worth fighting for, you married the wrong person. Ain't that what it is when you join a church? You're saying, I'm willing to fight for this church. Because I believe what this church stands for. I believe what that preacher's preaching. Amen. I'll stand with him. I don't care what the word. I'm talking to you tonight about what this scripture's telling us. He said, they're against me. They're talking about me. They're my enemy. Are you with me? But you notice he kept going back and said, God, you're my fortress. You're my rock. God, you're my strength. He said, God, I, I want you to understand I'm weak, but I'm in you, and you're in me. And I'm going to rely on your strength. I, I'm relying on your hand to protect me and keep me and hold me. What is he saying? Keep me in the fight, Lord, that I can fight this fight and run my race. And when it's over, you'll say, welcome, thou good and faithful servant. Instead of being a church hopper. Church hoppers never are happy. They never get satisfied. Because when the thrill and the frill is over, they'll go somewhere else. You can't depend on them. You can't build a church with them. No, you can't. Because they're wildfires. They're on fire today and they'll be gone tomorrow. He's saying, in thee, O Lord, do I put my trust. You are my fortress. You are my rock. You're my strength. You're my high tower. He's trying to say, Lord, I'm grounded in you. I'm looking for you to keep the enemy at bay. Whether in this life or the life to come. I want to tell you something tonight, and I'll quit for tonight. It ain't no easy fight. You remember what Paul said about it? He said it's a warfare in the mind. He said we don't wrestle with flesh and blood. I'll tell you something, your warfare in your mind is a weary fight because that's a foe you can't put your hands on. Hello? That's a foe that can get you even while you're asleep. That's a foe that hears every thought you have, ever. listen, <laughs> all you got to do is slip up one time, boy, he'll run with that and won't he? And you call yourself a Christian. You ever heard that ring in your ears? <laughs> I've heard this so many times, I wish I had it recorded. And you think you're a preacher? No, I don't think I am. I know I am. 
Because I'll tell you one thing, if I was a lost man, I'd have done busted your mouth. <laughs> I mean, back when I was lost, I didn't put up with no lip. Like me, lump me, jump me, or bump me. If I didn't like you, I'd settle it right quick. Me and you part ways, but one of us going to be bleeding. Aren't you glad I'm saved? I'm glad I'm saved too. I can't handle much more arthritis than these old hands where I broke them up. You say, preacher, you shouldn't say things like that when you preach. Let's get real tonight. Let's really get real. Where are you tonight? Where's your heart? In thee, O Lord, do I put my trust. In thee, O Lord, I'll fight this fight. In thee, Lord, you put me here. You put me here for a reason. Now help me fight this fight, Lord. Lord, I don't want to fight it without you. I want you to be my strength. I want you to be my guide. I want you to be my Savior. You know, that's the first thing we better make sure. He is our Savior. Stay with me just a moment. Because if you're not saved, he's not obligated to answer. Let me say one more thing tonight. Be honest with me just one more time, please. How many has ever prayed and prayed and prayed and you thought maybe God just didn't hear you or just didn't answer? Can I give you one thing tonight that might help you? How faithful have you been? Because if you ain't been faithful, why would he be faithful? Hello, help me somebody. I mean, we're quick to ask him, but we're not quick sometimes to do what he's asked us. How many's ever sat in the service and God said, raise your hand, and you didn't? God said, shout, and you didn't? God said, run, and you didn't? God said, ring that bell, and you sat there and looked at it and looked at it, and somebody else rung it, but you never did ring it. If you can't come up here every once in a while and ring this bell, how's God going to get you to do anything else? Because that bell is sitting there. It's silent until somebody uses it. Are you with me? Say amen. So God is trying to help us tonight to realize, in thee, O Lord, do I put my trust. In thee, you're my fortress, my high tower, my strength. God in thee, you're going to keep the enemy at bay as long as I'm in thee. But if I'm outside the will of God, I'm outside the safety of God. You say, but I'm saved, preacher. I didn't say you wasn't saved. I didn't say you wasn't saved. You just ain't where you ought to be. You just ain't in there like you should be. You just ain't trusting like you ought to be. You don't have your trust fully in God. You're trying to do it on your own. You ain't been faithful. Read with me and I'll hush. Verse 16. Make my face to shine upon thy servant. Save me for thy mercy's sake. Let me not be ashamed, O Lord, for I have called upon thee let the wicked be ashamed. And let them be silent in the grave. As we stand to our feet tonight. If you're out eating in a big restaurant somewhere and your pastor comes and he said, would you pray with me? Could anybody hear your voice in praying? Or would you be silent? If you're out here at Walmart shopping and somebody comes up and says, I'm in terrible fix, would you pray with me? Would you be ashamed to pray right there in Walmart? Would you say, let's go out to the car? You get in your car and sit down rather than pray in public because you're really ashamed. 
God help us not to be ashamed. Amen. We oughtn't to be ashamed to be a Christian. The wicked ought to be ashamed. But a Christian should not be ashamed. Our voice ought to be ringing out, not being silent. But the church has got so silent because it don't have the power, it don't have the desire, it don't have the hunger that it once did. If next Sunday your car don't crank, would you start walking? Or would you call somebody and say, come by and pick me up? Or would you just use that for an excuse? Oh, preacher, my car wouldn't crank. What's well, funny, you got it jumped off and went and eat. I saw you out at Walmart shopping after that. Couldn't you come on to church? Praise God and then go back home and jump it off? See, it's all in our desire, our heart, where, we, where our heart really is. In thee, O Lord. Are you in the Lord tonight? Every head bowed, every eye closed, every Christian praying. God is looking to your heart tonight. Something in your life, it's not settled with God and you need to come and just have a talk with Him tonight. The altar's open. Make your way up here and talk to the Father. Many are using the altar tonight because they want to do business with God. Just come and make your way. Let God touch you tonight. Help you and strengthen you. Settle it tonight in your heart, in your life. Let God be number one, not second choice. Anyone else need to come? Some are still making their way. Some are still praying. What about you tonight? Is everything settled with you, with God? You can honestly say tonight, God is well pleased with me. I'm not perfect, but He's pleased with me. I'm trying. Maybe not my best, but I'm trying. Give Him your best tonight. Just as you are as they're singing, God knows your heart, God knows your need, He knows how to answer your heart's desire tonight. I just tried to stir your heart up into thinking how blessed we are tonight. We've got a God that loves us. He didn't send us to hell. He forgave us. He gave us Jesus. He gave us the blood. He gave us a way of escape. Would you take that way tonight?